Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody, welcome to another episode of Horror Movie Night. Uh, this is my pick. It was a blind pick, but you know what? I walked away from this feeling pretty damn good about this pick. This yeah. is a much better blind pick than my blind pick <laughs> recently. So, um, yeah, I'll definitely I'll take this. I'll take this as a win. I enjoyed yeah. this watch quite a bit. This was a lot of fun. This was more fun than I expected. I think that this movie. I've got a couple thoughts about this movie. First of all, uh, I'm going to... because this is where you can share them. Yeah, <laughs> before we actually go into the plot, I'm going to kind of like hopscotch around the movie. Well, wait, explain bit. what the movie is. It's well, Ghost in the uh, Machine 1993. Yes, Ghost in the Machine 1993. I thought it was Ghost in the Shell the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> That's what comes up when you try to Google it half the time anyway. Yeah. It's but, true, yeah. So my knowledge of this movie is that I remember... 1993 I would have been eight so I remember seeing the TV spots for this movie constantly um, specifically a scene in the bathroom with the hand dryer oh yeah now I think they edit it dramatically differently on the TV spots because I feel like the TV spot it was more like he had his hands under there and it just kept getting hotter and hotter and he was screaming which is way different than that's what an actual in the movie that's a TV hey, so, edit capital E so <laughs> you know you know what he turned into what? A fireball. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh damn no. straight from the bottle like a savage. Oh. But I'll tell you, man, I hit play on this movie. I knew nothing about it. Literally up until I hit play, yeah. I knew the name I knew of the, the movie. And I knew the cover. I barely knew the cover. I got kind of it confused with another cover that I s- tried to s- search for. Was it, it bored? Like, right before. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wish it was forward. Can't, I can't find it for the life of me. Um, it, it's like a mix between that and Metamorphosis. That the, no, the one I, I, I think I think what you're seeing is like, isn't it like a woman's face, and then it turns into like the the green lines or something like and that. And it's still sort of like, but it's still sort of like screaming. Like, mm. I, yeah, I, I I really could. If I find it, I'll post it on the. Uh, no, I won't. I'm not gonna. Uh, fuck. It. I'll <laughs> tell you guys and maybe forget about it. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I hit play, and first of all, I immediately. This is how much of a fucking Freddy's dead 
head nerd I am, I immediately recognize the director's name as it comes up. I'm like, oh my that, god. That's a, I mean, and this was directed by a woman. She yeah. directed yeah. Freddy's Dead. Yeah. Yeah. And Tank Girl. And Tank oh, Girl. Oh wow, she had yeah. some fucking cult hits in the '90s. She was John Waters' personal assistant at New Line. Wow. Before, and that's Wait, why John I Waters love, worked at New Line. John uh, New Lines who put out Pink Flamingos and a bunch of his movies. This yeah, is he all was, news to me. He was like the, I love that. New Line is like kind of who gave him his start. So like she became really good friends with him. That's why I've said this a million times and you might hear this on episode 400 as well. What I love <laughs> about Freddy's Dead so much is that it really feels like a John Waters take on Freddy Krueger. It's so campy and it's so over the top. And she's even said that the very beginning of the movie when there's a guy sitting next to who we think is our survivor boy in the film when he's dreaming that he's on a plane that she had written that with divine in mind and then divine uh had passed away which doesn't totally make sense because freddy's dead came out in 93 and divine died in 1989 and there was definitely like three movies in between there so maybe she just meant like a scene yeah maybe (laughs) she just meant like in her heart of hearts she was like if i could have i would have made divine this role but whatever so i'm excited about that then you know i've said that i have three decades of crushes and they all look exactly the same. <laughs> yes. And it's yeah. Jessica Harper in the 70s. It's Christina yeah. Ricci in the 90s. And it is firmly Karen Allen in the 80s. And here we go. We get Karen Allen. Karen Allen also has an amazing drink choice for a mom, which luckily I got to match as a Mai Tai and a beer back um, my, with my beer. That's for the other episode that we'll be talking about later. Uh, yeah. My beer back. So and then my cut we, water Mai Tai. <laughs> the last thing I'll say, and then we'll dive into the actual movie. Our our main character has a best friend who's fucking fool from the people under the yep. stairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, man, this is this is just hitting all different types of Matt Kelly yeah. boxes that I had no yeah. clue so needed to be. What checked. year is that? Is that ninety two? Is that that's ninety one? I want to say. Okay, man, yeah, that kid. So it's he had a he had a fucking quick good couple years and sandlot the same year yeah yeah. (laughs) he's he popped into he he got in and out real fast but he made sure to make an impact yeah so ghost in the machine literally the only thing i knew about it was that there was a ghost that could haunt machines um (laughs) and and i actually saw an article that i I love the headline i didn't read the actual article but the headline was ghost in the machine low-key paved the way for final destination and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm okay. Like, Ooh. I'm like, I, I, I can it. see that. I can feel that. Yeah. This movie is phenomenal. Like, I, like, and not in like a good way, but this is like one of those movies that I feel the same way about when we talked about Last Shark and when we talked about Serial Insane Clown Killer or Dr. Giggles. Like, it's just one of those movies yeah. where I don't think it gets enough credit for just being a fucking fun movie we've watched a lot of shit that came out in 1993 in the last couple <laughs> yeah, of weeks yeah. if you've yeah. listened to any yeah. of the past <laughs> six episodes uh it's been a slog sometimes yeah but this, this was, was not, fun this, this was a lot this was the easiest watch in weeks <laughs> maybe was. all year so far i can't remember it was i mean we did uh, have dead alive dead alive kind of oh yeah 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 okay so bre- basically easy, the last Matt Kelly tweezy, pick but... was just fucking <laughs> amazing You've just um, been, man. you've been pulling, you, you gave me a lot how of tired shit. Are you, how tired are you right now? Is your back just breaking from carrying the weight of this show's <laughs> goddamn decisions? Shit. You gave me a lot of shit for my 2022 pick, so I really had to like <laughs> up the ante here. Let's, um, let's be real. 
I don't think that this has anything to do with me giving you a hard time. This is no. just you getting lucky. This was luck. You have a, you have a brother, and you are Italian and Irish. You have. I am the <laughs> easiest uh, person on you. The one downside about this movie is that it takes place in Ohio. That was a bummer. That but, was a uh... weird choice. I had to laugh because I'm like, no one puts... Oh, you know why? It's because the director did Freddy's Dead, and the Freddy movies are in Ohio. Springwood, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. They just stayed there. Yeah, they, they didn't stayed. leave. Um, Ohio is hell. So yeah. I, I was under I the impression it was for lovers. <laughs> oh, then it has. Well, hey Satan's there. Video Inferno is right there in Cleveland. My favorite uh, arcade name that I've ever heard. Uh, when they that was that yeah. was fantastic. But also, yes. I don't think that's anywhere like what a VR setup would have looked like in 1993. We'll, we'll get to the VR, man. We got we'll get to the VR when we do because there's a lot of things I have to say about that, but. Movie starts off establishing shot of a house, tons of ADR family chatter. Which oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but but then we jump to our main-ish character, Karen Allen's son in the movie, and he's pulling this wild scam with his friend. Oh yeah, That's, where he's like, so I want, I got this winning lottery ticket, but I can't cash it in because I'm not 18 yet. So how about you give me half the value of it? And you can go cash in the lottery ticket. And it almost works until he gets greedy and tries to push a little bit further, talking about how tough things are since his mom died, just as Karen Allen pulls up to pick him up. I mean, how stupid... You know, we talk about kids being fucking stupid in movies. This adult is the dumbest motherfucker I don't know. We've seen in months. So very (laughs) dumb. And, And also, a little bit of credit on the dumb kid. If your dad's not in the picture, just say your dad died. <laughs> like, right, you have. <laughs> like, you are in a single parent household. He's nine. Let's not yeah, expect. He's too working much from on him. it. He's he. Yeah, it, you learn these oh, lessons he on, in the, because they are. They may be. Twelve, they, dude. They, I was gonna say. I bet they're they eleven, have a thing twelve for girls now. So let's yeah. just call yeah. them twelve. 12 oh, 13. we'll get into we'll get into that too. <laughs> I have so many notes about so I many could, things. We got well, we got to go in order just yeah, so I yeah. can parse I'm all of the thoughts. I'm actually not going to do any brain. of my notes. I'm just going to react to yours. To Matt. <laughs> <laughs> so we we kind of are jumping back and forth right now, but we go back to the house that the film started on with an absolutely fucking beautiful tracking shot through this house that should not be as effectively creepy as it actually is but it's like it's that alfred hitchcock concept of like when you know that there's a bomb in the house (laughs) it like builds your tension where you're like something happened here i'm just waiting for me to see what it is so like every single turn around every nook and cranny of this house you're like where is it where are they what's like the horrible thing and then it's kind of like edit it for TV tame when they actually show, oh, yeah. <laughs> show yeah. the family but yeah. it it got the like it got the visceral reaction that it wanted to just from not showing you anything honestly like just the creepy idea of they're all just sitting there in front of the couch it's really really weird but then oh you're not explaining the fact that the 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 reason why they're all just sitting in front of the couch is that there's this guy called the address book killer we don't and, find his name until after he's already died, which I think is hysterical. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that it's kind of implied by the fact that he steals Karen Allen's address book. But so there's this there's this serial killer in 
Northeast Ohio, I assume, because apparently she lives in Cleveland. He is dubbed the uh, address book killer. Because he kills everyone within your address book. Like, Which I don't understand the sustainability of that. Because <laughs> um, that's... That's a lot of killing. One one person's address book could have anywhere from 10 names to fucking Yeah, I mean, did you see Karen Allen's book? It looked like it was about to explode out of its We sent out 50 Christmas cards this year, and I can't imagine if somebody killed everybody on that list. (laughs) Well, and then it's like, he's... Well, we'll get into... She's trying to digitize her her address address book. book, And as an example, they scan one random page, which just happens to be the middle of the book, the letter M. And that's when he infects the computer. He has access to that singular page that got scanned into the system, which unluckily for Karen Allen did in fact have her address. (laughs) Her own address. Yeah, which is, I mean, I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but when, when you were... When you had an address book when you were a child, I guess, did you write down your own address? Nope. My parents had an address book. Guess which one they had memorized? <laughs> the one that they, they lived their in. Their own place? Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah. I, I loved, I really loved how this movie has a great sense of humor. It, re- I mean, the, the, the writers, the people that wrote the actual lines are really funny because yeah. there's this whole thing about, we're, we're not explaining that Karen Allen and her son go into this computer store because she wants to get a software that can be used to digitize her her address book right um and it the guy that the salesman is hilarious because he goes it's designed by anal retentives for anal retentives and it's just (laughs) so funny because that term has really fallen out in the last 30 years that i feel like half the people listening would be like what the fuck is an anal retentive person there's even another line almost immediately after that where we meet the like the hacker turned like fbi oh, yeah, the, he's the he's a white hat is what he yeah. is yeah first man first day on the job or yeah, something he shows, too he <laughs> shows up and he's talking to his bo- boss and he says something to him and he's like he's like you're not laughing and his boss goes oh, yeah, yeah. i have no sense of humor it's the first thing people notice yeah yeah and then they almost immediately follow that up with him being like Oh yeah, well I went to the same college as you, but you I didn't you didn't know me because I was in I was shoveling shit while you were blah blah blahing, but now you're here and I'm your boss, so fuck you and then they he's like, Oh well whatever. Um and he so hero guy is getting the lay of the land at this place where he started working and um he goes, what do you guys uh need addresses for? And he goes, This and he shows him like junk mail and he goes this stuff pisses off more people than Howard Stern, which, which I just, I, oh, I wrote that I down too. I was like, man, that, that we are firmly age. in 1993. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, my Securely. dad was in a lot of Howard Stern in 93, uh, a lot of Howard Stern and a lot of uh, Rush Limbaugh. So yeah. you know exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah. But you it, know what it do. It's funny now because you look at it now and, it's like, yeah, 1993, Howard Stern pissed off a lot of people, and now it's like he's looked at as like one of the one of the best interviews in the game because he just isn't doing the shock rock thing anymore and just like getting really deep, detailed, interesting stories out of mm-hmm. fairly reserved Do human beings. Do we know beings. he's not dead and actually digitized into a computer? I mean, it's possible. Oh, shit. <laughs> We're using that software from 93. Um, I also hey, love you know, that the, the, know this what software Chris... is not as good as QuickBooks. No. It's almost oh, yeah. as good as QuickBooks. Almost. Because he mentions 
<laughs> oh, if you don't like this, you can get QuickBooks, which people still use. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Damn, this, they were really close to uh, breaking through. And if it wasn't for the address book killer, they might have been a successful business. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you know what other movie Chris Mulkey, our uh, hero guy, was in? No. Bullworth. Oh, oh my no, god, was, are you serious? Uh, he was he was cop number two. I'm actually oh. looking for a different movie that he was in, but Bullworth came up, so I just wanted to make well, while sure. You're, while um, you're looking up his IMDb credits, I also have to give a shout out to Jessica Walters playing Karen Allen's mom. Lucille! Lucille Bluth herself <laughs> shows yeah. up in this movie. And... Man, Jessica Walters had like went from like all that jazz and then aged into literally just playing Lucille Bluth anytime yeah, that she gets thirty years. Something. She's looked the exact same. It's in, it's incredible. Um, you know what else is wild is that really this movie is very heavy on exposition and a lot happens. So I don't think we're gonna get to all the details. A lot happens, yeah. But there is this one part where the uh, alphabet killer gets. He's staying late at work. He gets. Karen Allen's address book but then he's like eating a shitload of pixie sticks or something and he goes on this weird thrill drive thrill ride drive joyride thing where he's like playing chicken on a wet highway and laughing as he commits vehicular suicide more or less but did you catch a glimpse of the truck driving woman who ran him off the road no no so I have a low-key conspiracy theory for you guys. All right. Okay. I was watching this not very intently. I was watching it, but I wasn't like staring at the screen. And I look over um, and I see the truck driver. It's a woman in her, let's say, late 30s, maybe early 40s. She's got curly brown hair parted down the middle. And I go, I rewind it. And I'm like, no way. Is that, is that Adrian Barbeau? I, dude, <laughs> I thought it was so Adrian Barbeau too. It's, she's not cr credited for it, but I did not see a credit for the truck driver. I think that was Adrian Barbeau. I, dude, I'll I be honest with you. Did it as a, a as a as a gas, you know, like for funsies. Yeah. But she was like, I can't. You it, like, I'll do it because that was like what. A half an hour of her day, she might have just yeah. been on on the the on lot. the stage. Yeah. <laughs> and so she's like, "Fuck it, I'll be in. A, I'll be the truck driver as long as you, like because the 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 actors guild would probably she'd get in trouble if she was, you know, credited and not paid, yeah. right? Yeah. So I think that was Adrian Barbeau. Dude, I'm I like your theory. I'm gonna check. I'm, it's I, me I with was the, looking. I, I'm literally the guy from It's Always Sunny with the red, yes, the red are. ribbons. This movie does really feel like horror movie night, fucking like Perfection. top tier shit. Because that I looked again, and um, who did she play? She, um, the the uh, babysitter Carol. Oh yeah, Carol was also Wendy in Tammy and the T Rex. <gasps> yeah, she was. No. Yeah. And, wow. you know, she doesn't do really anything. She does a couple episodes of TV after that. Uh, and then uh, a sequel to something that we'll be talking about later. And then, like, that's it. Yeah. So, like, it's it's just it just feels 
dead on. <laughs> Scott, I, I was waiting for your conspiracy theory to be like, and then I rewound and I saw she was wearing a name tag that said Large Marge and figured out that this was low-key a prequel to Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Yeah, he's he like cackles as he's upside down going down this hill through a graveyard. Like somehow he knows he is going to be able to come. Like he's figured out this potential for coming back into the world. <laughs> oh, so no, he's like, fuck it. it. I think I've he's always just, wanted to die yeah, this way. I think he's just fucking insane. But we do get this really cool kind of frantic editing camera work where mm-hmm. it's just like bits and pieces of the the rescue of him into the hospital. Mm-hmm. And now I want to talk about something very important to me. I wrote down the following note. We need to do a soundtracking episode on this movie because this kid. Oh, oh yeah. Who's depicting himself as the most like wannabe gangster kid. There's a, there's a scene where him and his friend are hanging out and they are listening to the electric slide and that sums up how off base the like gangster rap music is that he's listening to. It is so like a rapidy rap, a rap rap. Well, my name yeah. is Matt and I'm here to say and, like he's walking around with like his baggy pants and everything. It is Fucking it's incredible. almost it's almost Teen Witch like top yeah, that. It's like oh, top that yes. is just playing. Cool. Every time Stop you name dropping. I'm not gonna have any double features. <laughs> oh for shit! Today. Oh, no. Then oh, he goes no. outside right. and he just starts spitting game at this yeah. much older next door neighbor, and it's the most like cheesy. Like, oh, was so your dad a baker? Blah 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 blah. But then he says to his friend on the phone. I call her but an onion because it makes me want to cry, which is such like a 12-year-old first discovering <laughs> horniness line of dialogue. And that's right before he says that line, he goes, I just found a great sex program. <laughs> which is oh, like, is that when we get to see Aeon Flux's nipples? Yeah. <laughs> Would you because, like me to remove my breast shields? <laughs> yes. Because I know that she's supposed to be like some sort of female knight or whatever, but... That looks exactly like Ian Flux, exactly. which would have been early 90s. It would have been in the, yeah. the cultural lexicon because yep. MTV would have been playing that stuff. One Dude, thousand weird, like, adult fan tunes that yeah. uh, get made. Um, what was I, The program was called Something Corral, and I want to say it was Pussy Corral, but I think that that was too harsh for the movie. This I can't movie, remember what it was this called. This movie so is... Upset. You remove the kills Pussy from this Corral. movie... <laughs> This is a PG-13 film for most of it. This movie is a PG-13 film except for two kills. Yeah, two kills and him saying fuck. Like, he says fuck one time. So our address book killer, uh, while he's in the MRI machine, dies. And somehow, because of a lightning storm, he, like, Frankensteins his soul or whatever inside of the computers. So he accesses... like a man? He accesses the address book and is just working his way through the address book and killing anybody. So the first victim is her boss, right? And her boss is making a bunch of microwave dinners and he's sitting on his computer. Why is he making <laughs> four? He is a hungry boy. He's, yeah, he didn't he's like, have any hungry family, men. He family. only had multiple other ones. You have to combine yeah, them to regular feed men, one not hungry, hungry man. Yeah. Like five, five lean cuisines equal one hungry man. <laughs> yeah. but, but I'm watching this scene... And like, let me say right here, the kill is great. Like, oh, it's so like, good. Like the effects and everything are yeah, fantastic. Favorite part of the movie, right there. But yeah, there is no circumstance where I see my microwave 
doing what this microwave is doing and think the solution is to open the door no, right now. No, no. Like, I'm calling the fire department. Mom! He's like a 65-year-old man. <laughs> okay, go, go. Hunter, get in <laughs> Yeah, I was just like, why? Never, like, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, I mean, this is upsetting, but he's not going to walk in there. Surely he wouldn't do that. No, you wait for the timer to stop, <laughs> presumably, and you just figure, yeah, you go and from then- there. My, but my, he's a man. He's a man's man. And he's going to fix it himself. My favorite note is we get this dream sequence, but there's a couple seconds where I don't know it's a dream sequence. And I wrote down, man, cremating this guy is overkill. <laughs> like, okay, so it took me, I actually rewound because I was like, did I miss something? And I was like, oh, I missed that it. it was a dream sequence because I was like, that is not how you cremate a body. Dude, <laughs> no, I was like, I've never seen that in my life. In front of everybody in the most expensive <laughs> In the casket. middle of a church. Yeah. The church has a crematorium attached to the back of it. Uh, but that also gives us that shot where the casket comes flying oh, back out and the so corpse sick. shoots at her. Great. Great jump scare. Yeah. This movie's yeah. this movie's fun. I'm going to stick yeah. with that. But Karen Allen then goes probably the biggest, like, what the fuck is even happening here moment is the landlord giving her a tour of the address book killer's apartment i have no clue why she's allowing this stranger to come into this house i think that the character is high there it is yeah that's why no the the the, the, yeah oh that lady is a mess like i don't even think she might not she might not even be the landlord she might be the neighbor yeah well Uh, she's listed as landlord in the credits because i tried to figure out what was going on Landlord A lets Karen Allen in, but then says something like, yeah, he would just be sitting on there day and night on his computer. And I'm like, why does the landlord know this? Why does the landlord <laughs> like, know that? And then immediately Karen Allen goes into one room and then she's like, are you done yet? And it's like, <laughs> you, you, you seemingly wanted to do the tour. You seemingly wanted to bring her in here and tour here, and, and for those who are in the Patreon, this is one of the fun fun tidbits of things that the ser- the address book killer had was these two cloth puppets and some vinegar in a jar, uh, smushed together, pantyhose puppets. Yeah, but we we made a reference to it while while Karen Allen's doing all this and then going on the weirdest fucking date with the weirdest man. Her <laughs> yeah. son is doing some VR, and boy. Does the kid's face on these virtual reality robots look bad? (laughs) (laughs) That was the least offensive CGI in this movie. Let's just be real here. Well, I don't know, because we do get my favorite usage of CGI, which is when he's in the VR machine and he can see the address book killer walking around in there. And then he just does this wacky ass like his face like digitizes apart into an almost large Marge type effect for a split second. And I was like. You know, that looks like aged as shit because it's 1993, but like, I, I like it. But I also didn't expect it to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like a nice, like, oh, okay, they're going to do that, I guess. Like, he just, that, like, just giving him any power to do anything because he's dead and electronic is fine yeah. <laughs> to me. It's, 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 it's such a, lo- it is beautiful because it is so early in the internet yeah. age that it's like, it's already flimsy logic, but it's even flimsier logic because it's such a. Li- this is, 
the same year or a couple years before hackers, which like really yeah. highlights how little we knew about how computers were. Oh, well, yeah. that's that's actually what I thought was not successful because I think it was really an accident. But like the thing that like worked most is that a lot of that technology was still kind of primitive. So like I. I didn't have to get lost in the far-fetchedness yes. of it so much. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't overthink anything, really. They kind of underthought it, uh, <laughs> maybe, to make this thing work. And it made me think. I was like, oh, this can happen. I mean, you, like you said, Final Destination and other movies, it, like, kind of leads into. It, like, it could – I was like, oh, you could make Ghost in the Machine now – you can either make it comedic or you can actually make it kind of scary. Yeah. Like all the sci- all a lot of like cybersecurity stuff is scary because it can happen. But then if you make that a ghost who's making that happen, um, then I think you could make potentially a scary movie. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just Ghost in the Machine too, and we just bring him back. Yeah. But uh, to I, me, I was like, I kind of bought into it. Whether we do a remake or a sequel, all I can ask is, can we maybe skip the scene where the kid goes swimming in a pool? And finds Ooh, yeah. a dead dog because that was uh, yeah that was the one that scene was a I could have done dog, without. Luckily, like and, luckily, I didn't have that. The, the all the other effects were really great. The the stuffed animal carnival game dog was bad. So yeah. I I was, think that they uh, knew that, that would be too, a bridge too far, and so they were was, like, "We're not going to get a, the the effects team to make a dead dog. We're just going to yeah. go to the we're going to go <laughs> shoot darts at the carnival." Possessed <laughs> dog possessed dog kills self uh, was a weird was a weird kill in this movie, <laughs> but um. Yeah, it's or inspi- inspired dog. Inspired dog. Inspired. But then you by also the whole time I'm watching that scene, I'm like, how the hell does this kid hold his breath so long? <laughs> like he is Dude. under that tarp for Kids at least the two minutes. Skills, man, come yeah. on, yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Both kitchens that kills happened in coolest kitchens I've ever seen. It's, like especially the the one that we're coming up to. I we're mean, getting there. We have to first. We we made a slight reference to it karen allen's dating this guy she's clearly not interested in this guy and he i guess works he's close personal friends with crash test dummies because he's like testing out these cars as they smash Mm. into a wall we get this beautiful fake out where we think he's gonna die inside the car (laughs) beautiful i just got was perfect but then he's all flustered and pissed off and goes into the into the bathroom and it's almost like no tension whatsoever. He's washing his hands. He turns he turns the hand dryer facing upward, which I've never once done in my entire existence. And as soon as he fucking hits this button, just a full fucking flamethrower sets this dude alight. It is wild. Yeah. It's like he uses the hair dry the uh, hand dryer instead of splashing cold water on his face. He's like, "Oh, I need to wake up." <laughs> just like <laughs> lights on fire. It is it got such a loud laugh out of me cuz it is so unexpected. <laughs> like yeah. like you know something's bound to happen in there, course, but like flamethrower <laughs> hand dryer was not on my my bingo card. No. While all this is happening, our main character and his friend, Frazier, I did write down his name. It's one of the only <laughs> names I wrote down, apparently. Unfortunate. Uh, they're being babysat by the next door neighbor. Somehow convinced this girl for what seems to be $12 and a promise to clean up her. I think it was $60, wasn't it? It was $37 okay. uh, okay. and In 64 row? cents. In a row. <laughs> That's why I remembered it. That's why I remembered it, unfortunately. Uh, it was $37 and that they cleared her driving record. They yeah. Because they're hackers. Because they're master uh, hackers. Alleged, allegedly. Yeah. Well, they don't have to anymore. But it's <laughs> just been a line. 
absolutely. Yeah. A, she's a she's a child sex offender. Yeah, she was that's, for that's, about ten minutes. Well, <laughs> this girl is literally so into the most generic rap song I've ever heard <laughs> that she cannot hear that the washing machine is going fucking berserk right behind her. Nuts. Like nuts. Just dancing, and then there's this beautiful, like. Like the humor in this movie is really subtle, and I think it's subtle in the ways of like she gets electrocuted like fucking crazy because this washing machine spills all this water all over the floor, hits the outlet, she hits the floor, bam. And then there's like two seconds of a quick shot of the front of the washing machine that just says die across <laughs> it. And I was like, amazing. I did see it agitate, explode. I missed the die. Yep. So yeah, die, die showed up for... That's it, awesome. It was a blink if you miss it show up on the screen. Because, so that's the thing. This movie is full of like sort of like one-liners or like quick jabs or gags, but it didn't... It wasn't exhausting for me. No. It was so fun. So I, fun. But I got confused at the end a little bit. Yeah. Like they, I was a little exhausted with the, the chasing. Yes, that's yeah. what I mean. Like they get, they get him into like that's this... I think it's a giant Wick, magnet because yeah. they realize that since he's an electronic program, that the only way to kill him is by putting him into a giant magnet because that makes sense in 1993. Yeah, I was gonna yeah, say yeah. It, it it'll erase really... your floppy disks. It can erase the uh, killer as well. Yeah, yeah, they send a virus in there. They get him out. He's like this weird, like floating digitized data of a person, which he can't be killed with bullets. Yeah, which is so wacky and so stupid, but I love it just for when he gets electrocuted and transforms into a stick figure for a couple seconds. Yes. Uh, yeah. I was yes. like, dude, this is this movie's fucking That was wild. that was almost my background for this uh episode, but I I stuck with my with my parents over here. And I I wrote down this line the ghost finally got the stupid dog tags off this kid, so I kind of support the ghost now. <laughs> <laughs> but I would love if there was like a deleted scene where it explained that those dog tags were like his dad's military they dog tags. They explained nothing like this, about them. They were. They were. <laughs> no, no, I, I, that, that's that's my second conspiracy theory about this. Movie. Uh, yeah. Sure, sure. His dad died in war. Died in war. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then movie kind of. I, I gotta say it, it jumps ends. into Act One pretty quick and it wraps up Act Three. There's no there's no lull after they kill this guy. It is just no. end credits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is kind of perfect. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, I think that like there's so many movies, especially from this era, that are like we'll be back. Yeah, no, I like, don't. I you am, don't need to tell me. Yo, you won't. I know you won't. I know been, you won't be back. I've been lucky so far. I've begged Scream Factory for years to get us Alligator and Alligator 2 on Blu-ray, and they pulled it off. Now we're getting this Dr. Giggles Blu-ray. I need the Ghost in the Machine Blu-ray. Get me some commentaries. Yeah. Get me get me all the good, good stuff there's, that you can. I think there's a... So I looked on Letterboxd, and I, I'm pretty sure this person works for or with Vinegar Syndrome, but he rated it three stars, had a nice review on it. it makes me eager to see if maybe Vinegar Syndrome picks it up. I'll take any of capacity. it. Fucking anybody. But anything. this but this feels like a Scream Factory. It, fe it feels yeah. more Scream Factory oh, yeah. than Vinegar Syndrome, yeah. for sure. It's for not sure. seedy enough for Vinegar Syndrome. <laughs> no. no, it's not. It's not. I definitely it's don't not. read the uh, emails from Vinegar Syndrome as much as I read the Scream Factory emails. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I scroll, I scroll real quick to see what are the hyperlinked titles, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, "Ooh, Invisible Maniac!" And then like make my oh, pre-order. Don't worry, he it was he recorded this in uh, he recorded that in 2018, so we're far past yeah, any no, window of opportunity to see yeah. that. I, it does feel more Scream Factory. If, I would love to see it. They did Tammy, didn't they? No, Vinegar uh, Syndrome no, did Tammy. That was yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I mean, but they did a lot it's just of weird other because I, that... I feel like I, I like Scream Factory's releases more, but I don't think I've ever actually bought anything from them. I think that everything I ever buy, because I don't buy a whole lot, is yeah. always from Vinegar Syndrome. I yeah, would say yeah. I would say that Scream the way I parse it out in my brain is like Scream Factory in my eyes usually leans towards either like really artsy 60s, 70s lost films. Like they'll pull out like these black and white movies that you kind of forgot about, or they'll do like some hammer films, or like the mainstream cult horror film. Like the movie that had like a a studio behind it and it had a big release but it kind of bombed mm -hmm. whereas vinegar syndrome is way more like the schlocky <laughs> like right like and that's why like even though in my brain i feel like ah, tammy and the t-rex and ghost in the machine kind of have a little bit in common tammy and the t-rex and invisible maniac could practically be yeah. like brother and sister like, they, sure. like yeah i mean i think it's sure. the same director actually but still it is mind-blowing and heartbreaking how many original scripts are written every year but are never made. So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! Any questions for me, Scott? <laughs> yeah, uh, so you, you're, you've got your night just full steam ahead. How do you want to yeah. continue and end it? So I got two answers. So I think... I'm going to yield my time and let you guys pick, and then I'll go from there. Kyle, why don't you start Are us you off sure? then? Sure, yeah. yeah. Well, for me, it feels a little obvious, but I have to go brain scan. Okay. There's there's a little technology thing. There's a little, like, kind of snarky guy, and there's some uh, there's fun to be had. Okay. I can yeah. see that. I'm going to go with Arcade because it's also 1993. Ooh. And it's uh, we've discussed it on the show. I think that was Brian's first episode with us. First ever episode. Oh, my God. No wonder he quit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Arcade. It's it's really dumb, but it also feels like it could just... I don't think I've ever just, seen Arcade. It, it's got Seth Green in it. Yeah, it's not very good. There's the obvious answer, which would not be a good evening. The obvious answer that would not be a good evening is that this movie is everything Lawnmower Man want it to be. Mm -hmm. But I really don't fucking want to watch Lawnmower Man. So no, I think that like how many times have you watched that in your life? Beyond the one time we watched it for this podcast, probably one other time. <laughs> like, That's like uh, too 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 many times. That movie yeah. is fucking awful. But but I mentioned it in the very beginning of this episode. Going from Ghost in the Machine right into Final Destination, however. It's a pretty it's a pretty fine little double feature right there. Mm -hmm. So I mean, yeah. I would I would be afraid of every household appliance for the rest of the night. But, you know, <laughs> right. Yeah, but you know what? It's a good fear. <laughs> it's a good fear. It should be. If good. Why don't you cook over a goddamn fire, Scott, for once in your life? I don't know, I don't know why I got so mad about that. <laughs> don't use a microwave ever again. Oh, man. Um, so, Matt, uh, now that you, we've gotten through the painful part of the show, why don't we get to the, uh, the sweet lotion of the soul? What have you been doing in your free time? Oh, well, there's a lot of stuff that I don't feel comfortable talking about, but I will tell you about a movie that I watched. Uh, bullshit. <laughs> you will talk about anything on this show. Um, but tell us about the movie you watched. So there was a movie that I genuinely don't remember how this came on my radar, but I had written it down maybe a year ago on like a list of like movies that I want to watch, and then I saw that it had just been added to Hulu, so I watched it right away. Uh, a film from 2012 called Ruby Sparks. 
Are you are either oh, of you yeah. familiar with this? Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Only by name. If it was based on a book, right? No, uh, but it's about a, no. a writer. So that might be where your that might be connection yeah. is. Okay. Um, so it was written by uh, Zoe Katzen, um, yeah. who was uh, the female lead in The Big Sick. Uh, she appeared in one of the segments on The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. She's very cute. Um, and it was directed by uh, the team that did Little Miss Sunshine. It's about this author played by Paul Dano, and he is struggling to come up with his next book, and his therapist tells him to just write an imaginary story about him walking his dog in the park and having a conversation with somebody. So he creates his character, Ruby Sparks, he starts to fall in love with the character, and then he wakes up the next morning, and she is alive and living inside of his house and has memories of a relationship that hasn't happened. And it kind of falls into this little bit of a Stranger Than Fiction aspect. It dabbles in seediness, but never goes too seedy. It It's really, the the girl who wrote it said that like she wanted it to be a story about, a go- about the dangers of building your perfect woman. Um, and that was like kind of the vibe was it was like uh, she travels for a week and he gets too upset about it. So he writes in that the character never wants to leave his side, but then he gets annoyed that she's too clingy. So he like writes for her to be more independent. Like it's like he's constantly controlling her life, but it's it's really it's really well done. Um, it's it's one of those stories that I think because it's coming from a female perspective writing it, it feels different. <laughs> than if it was you written. Could only only a woman could write that. Like if a yeah. man wrote it, it would be like it would just be destroyed. Yeah, and that's okay. I'm not I'm not bemoaning that at all. Yeah, she said that she was she was trying to think of like a world similar to like something in Groundhog's Day and a little bit of Purple Rose of Cairo. Sure, but I do want to I do want to read this one little quick thing because I think it is like really what divides everything. The writer of the film uh, constantly rejected the description that the character that she wrote and portrayed was a manic pixie dream girl. Uh, she called that reductive and dismissive as in the since the entire film is about the dangers of idolizing a person or reducing a person down to a single idea of who they are there you um, so go. it it does it hits all these really cool elements and it it hits all it just it scratches it scratched the right itch for me it was one of those movies that i very quickly was like i like this like i will yeah. watch this again like this i like movies that, like that that kind of like elevate uh a thing that they could get easily pigeonholed into yeah. you know like they sort of like elevate past not a rom-com or like a rom-com or like it's this feel good sort of thing they go uh, nick hornsby kind of like writes a lot of that kind yes. of stuff which i really like um and then when i see those i don't seek those movies out often but ruby spark sounds sounds really fun actually. yeah i don't know how long it'll be on hulu but i mean if you have if you have an hour and 35 minutes or whatever it's it's worth yeah. taking the dive in yeah that's nice kyle what about you um i so i i um i don't know if i've ever talked about this movie on this podcast uh before but it's kind of a rite of passage in my household uh it's a movie called horror of the hungry humongous hungan um uh, that is a trauma release i want to say so trauma released it as far as i know they only released it in like a double slash triple feature or box set i think it was in the Um, tox box it was in the to- it was in Toxie's blood bank. Correct. Um, <laughs> this is this is the insanity that is Matt Kelly, the drama mm-hmm. aficionado. Mm-hmm. I appreciate <laughs> it. I'm so glad you know this. Uh, so I, it's a like a shot on. I mean, I presume eight millimeter film, but to me, it's a gateway to 
homegrown, homemade, and then into shot on video movies. Uh, and this one doesn't feel like regional, but clearly it, that, that everybody only worked on this movie once and never did anything else. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but I watched it when I was 14, 15 years old. You know, I got the Toxies Blood Bank from Best Buy and I watched it and it was the worst movie I've ever seen and I needed to show everybody that a movie so bad existed. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was, it's a gateway movie for me. So my cousin Tim has been dating uh, this woman Rhea for a little while uh, and we were like, let's come, come over and have, let's have a movie night and we got on the topic of bad movies as we do uh, and we were like well and Tim goes have you ever seen Hungans we just call it Hungans now <laughs> there's only it's, there's only one Hungan in the in the title of course but the, the cover art is two bikini clad women uh, reeling in terror from nothing from us it's a POV thing uh, those women are not in the movie and nobody's ever in a bikini in the movie so clearly they duped the teenage Kyle um, but I've watched it. I mean, I can't tell you how many times in my life because I've had to always show people it's our late night bad movie to put on. But it's been years. I mean, it's been probably five years since I've last seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, what a what a joy to revisit a thing that, especially, I don't want to sound. I don't know. I don't want to sound whatever this sounds like because <laughs> it sounds bad to me. But I to revisit a thing that like nobody else has a sort of like connection to or you have a unique connection to it Mm -hmm. to then be able to like share that with somebody especially like you know my cousin tim was one of the first people i watched it with and now i get to share it with his um with his new girlfriend who then hopefully doesn't leave him um (laughs) yeah that's the the, the possibility that's the hope that's the hope well Uh, he suggested it so it's it's nobody's fault but his own uh, it's his own fault yeah i just happen to have i just happen to be the supplier of the thing that he asked for you didn't put the needle in his Um, arm no, that's right. <laughs> um, but it's it's great. I mean, I don't know how you seek it out. I don't know if it's on Troma now. I don't even know if it's really like it's just it's it's a, a crazy thing. But I really really loved it. I loved revisiting it. Um, it goes by pretty quick for such a awful, terrible, a truly slog of a movie. So in the exact opposite kind of trajectory, I finally got Megan to uh, sit down and watch The Invitation. Okay. 2022 um that vampire movie oh yeah yeah yeah. it was last year uh it was it was like pan pretty hard mm-hmm. we had a good time it's not a watch twice kind of movie but and it, it really telegraphs exactly what it is um it's basically a megan markle meets vampires kind of allegory um what? It's okay because they ruined the surprise themselves with their marketing campaign. So it's not like I'm telling you anything that you wouldn't know by seeing. No, the, I the dig preview. that though. Um, but it's it's fun. Um, we had a good time watching it. Uh, I think it's the first horror movie, like legit horror movie, Megan and I have watched together in quite some time. She prefers vampire movies, and and she it was beautiful. It was shot really beautifully. They had a good budget, and the guy that plays the um, the kind of like the lord of the manor is the front runner of what all the fans of that a court of thrones and roses series that i was talking about like, yeah. like a month yes. or so ago they yeah. want him to be one of the main characters in the live action hulu show that's being like that's in development right now and i can see it i can really see mm. it so um 
it was a fun watch. Uh, I I wouldn't necessarily say expect anything from it, sure. but it kind of gave me like Downton Abbey meets vampires. Ooh. Oh. I mean, it's modern times. That's a demographic it, it was, for it was, sure. It was like I feel like if if you are a white woman between the ages of 25 and 40, you probably will like this movie because you like Downton Abbey and you probably yeah. grew up reading Saman Rice. So, I mean, it's kind of... That's, it, it's kind, of per- that's the, kind of fucking perfect. Yeah, but it's, it, it's hard to see who the demographic is when you're watching it, but when you look in retrospect, you're like, hell yeah. Who put it out? Or was it on, rather? I think that it's Netflix. Netflix? Pretty sure it was Netflix. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, that was Ghost in the Machine. Uh, as picked by me, blindly, but successfully. Thank you, <laughs> Thank you very much, Matt. Um, we'll be back next week with another film from 1993 that ties into the holiday that we have coming around the corner. And speaking of holidays, actually, if you haven't already, next week, maybe take a holiday to historic Gettysburg <laughs> where you can see your favorite horror movie night podcast hosts at Creature Feature Weekend, along with a lot of stars from a lot of movies that we've talked about on this very podcast. But us primarily. But primarily <laughs> us. Uh, and we'll be back next week with more Horror Movie Night. listening to the Geekscape Network.